Welcome back to the Fenway Rundown, Mass Lives Red Sox podcast. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host. Hope everybody's had a happy and healthy holiday season. Had a Merry Christmas. We are back here on the show, only part of the week, and it's a special one, something that we've never done before because at Mass Live, we have not had the capability to do it before. Uh, Chris Smith, my co-beat writer, is for the first time ever a Hall of Fame voter. He registered his votes for the Baseball Hall of Fame this week. That ballot has been signed, sealed, and delivered to Cooperstown, and we thought there'd be no better way to reveal to the world who he chose than having him here on the Fenway Rundown. So we're going to get into who he picked, why he picked them, who he left off, why he left them off, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed the discussion. And here's Chris Smith and his Hall of Fame picks. This is like uh, spotting a white whale, folks. We have Chris Smith, who has been MIA, from the Mass Live universe, from the Red Sox beat universe for the last month, for very good reason. Uh, on paternity leave, you follow him on Twitter. You've seen the pictures, and you know why. Uh, as now a dad of two kids under, what, two under three and a half or two under yeah. four years old? Yeah, two under four, two under yeah. three and a half. Kaylee, and actually, I think Kaylee's now three and a half. I don't know. She's going to be three and a half in February, I think. Whatever. <laughs> so there's not, from what Chris has been texting me during this time, not a lot of sleep. Uh, no, and no, not no, no. a lot of sleep because of the world of Cooper and Kaylee, but he has had one very important task, uh, work related task to do in the last few weeks. And that is for the first time filling out a hall of fame ballot. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's 10 years in the baseball writers association of America. Before you get that right, you get that honor. I am not there yet. I was, I started my first year was 2018. So I'm about halfway home and Chris, uh, for the first time, got to fill out that ballot and, uh, we figured the best way to tell you who we picked would be uh, a series of ways. I think he's going to tweet it, which is uh, his right because it's his ballot. But also, I'm going to mooch off of it and have him talk about it on, on the pod here uh, and get it get an article up on the site at Mass Live about his picks. So I know the picks. Uh, we thought I thought about different ways of doing this. Um, I thought we could do the slow drip where we reveal one every four minutes and give you an explanation. I thought that would be you know a little too MLB networky for us on the Fenway Rundown show. So. Uh, we'll turn it over to Chris Smith, who is now officially a big Hall guy. What I'll reveal to you at home is that he picked 10 players for the Hall of Fame. He maxed out the ballot, the maximum of 10 allowed. It's signed, sealed, delivered to Cooperstown. And so, Chris, who are your 10 selections for the Hall of Fame this year? All right. So uh, let's start off with the, you know, the obvious guys for me, you know, were um, yeah, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez. Gary Sheffield. I mean, you know, you look at those guys and they're all been tied to steroids, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm going to vote based on how athletes performed in that area. If they're on the ballot, they're on the ballot, you know? And so, um, and I also don't think that we can, you know, I think there are guys that are in the hall of fame that have taken steroids, you know, mm-hmm. hall of famers that have taken steroids. So they're already in there. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to be the judge jury on who took steroids and I try to figure out like, oh, did this guy take it or not? Um, I'm going to base it basically on like, you know, because I mean, I could leave off those two guys who are or those three guys who are general generational players and then vote for somebody else that, you know, wasn't linked to them. But, you know, you could look at them and be like, oh, probably they did it. And yeah. but, you know, so. I, you know, those guys were just, you know, three obvious ones. If they weren't linked to steroids, they'd be obvious Hall of Famers. And, and um, yeah, so uh, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, and um, Gary Sheffield. 
I did go with uh, uh, Todd Helton. I went with Andrew Jones and Jeff Kent. Mm -hmm. And I also did Billy Wagner, Scott Rowland, and my final guy, or actually my final two guys, uh, Carlos Beltran, who's first year on the ballot, and Bobby Abreu. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into, you know, especially Abreu here in a second, but that is, those are the 10. To, to repeat it in the way, in the order Smith gave them to you, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent, Billy Wagner, Scott Rowland, Carlos Beltran, and Bobby Abreu. So that's your 10. Um, when you went into this process, did you think you'd be a big haul vote for 10 guy? No, but, um, you know, I tried to, you know, look at, uh, I looked at last year's ballots, what, you know, people that I respect, writers that I respect, like, you know, who they voted for, uh, the decisions they made. A lot of, you know, writers who I respect, were actually voting for 10 people last year. And so, uh, and there was people on their ballots that I never really considered like a Bobby Abreu. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I always looked at him as a really good player. Is he a really, is he like the hall of really good or is he, you know, a hall of famer? And so um, there was people, you know, so I, after that, I mean, it's not like, you know, some people define a hall of famer. I've heard, I think I've heard Matt say this before, like you should know what a hall of famer is. Just look at the, look at the name and, you know, is he a Hall of Famer or not? But, you know, with with Abreu, I learned a lot by looking at his stats. And, you know, um, I actually went to some other people. But I, if you don't want to talk about him right now, you want to talk about him specifically? We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I just, you know, with, with 10 guys, um, you know, and, and, and another person, you know, made an interesting point to me. I, I, I went to this person. He's on the Red Sox beat. I'm not going to reveal who it is. But, uh you know, I said, I saw that you voted for Abreu last year. So why did you vote for Abreu last year? And, you know, what he wrote to me, I'll just read out loud here. Is, you know, one of the things he wrote is ultimately I'm still on the fence, but I co I, I've come to think of guys that as players who, uh, as guys like that who are players of 75% th threshold really matters. So I think like he fits or could he fit in the Hall of Fame? And if 100 plus other people feel the same way, then great. I'm happy to be a part of, you know, be a, on board with that. You know, I don't want to stand in his way, basically just embracing the fact that I'm just a small part of the process. I'm kind of a big hall of fame voter that way. And so I kind of looked at it that way. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, you know, like I'm on the fence about a Brady, but you know, looking at his numbers, I'm leaning towards yes. And so, you know, if a hundred other people agree with me, then, you know, great. He's a hall of famer, but, you know, we'll see. And so Abreu, you know, I guess we'll start and, and kind of dig into him now because I think that is the most controversial call. If You know, you're going to say that out of any of yours. He is on uh, the wonderful Baseball Hall of Fame tracker that Ryan Thibodeau does. He is tracking at 18.3%. Um, that is, for the math whizzes out there, much, much, much short of the 75% threshold for induction last year, he got 8.6% of the vote as you know, everybody knows that the guys are going to rise this year and their vote totals because Kurt Schilling, uh, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, obviously David Ortiz and Sammy Sosa are off the ballot. So those are, you know, uh, spots when you have the 10 vote maximum. Um, uh, obviously, you know, a lot of these guys are going to get more votes probably than they did last year when those guys were on the ballot, but still, you know, Abreu was a guy who, you know, through the through the ballots that are in, as we record this, the Hall of Fame tracker has 55 ballots in 
that represents 15% of the electorate and only 18% of people think Bobby Abreu is a hall of famer. What about his resume made you think that he was worth the nod from you? Yeah. So as I said, I just, you know, I asked somebody else about it. Uh, I actually asked two people about it. One other Boston writer who Mm -hmm. um, I saw that voted for Brady last year and he actually sent me back some information. I said, you know, I'm on the fence about him. Why did you vote for him? You know, even last year. And, you know, he brought up that, you know, Andre Dawson, he has a better, has a better F war than Andre Dawson and Dave Winfield. Um, You know, he gave me the comparison list. Uh, You know, so, you know, you start looking at those numbers and then you start looking at actual numbers. It's like, wow, Bobby Abreu, you know, had, um, you know, 400 stolen bases. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did you, I didn't even think of that. I never even really like, you know, register that he was that like good of a, you right. know, kind of a, I mean, you could consider him a five tool player because, you know, he, he did win a gold glove. Actually, I think, no, he won, he just won one gold glove, but you know, I mean, he got MVP votes, one, two, three, four, five, seven, seven different years, 870 OPS. Um, you know, you look at his, uh, you know, on base percentage, 395. So, you know, this is a guy that, uh, almost had 600 doubles. And so, you, you, you know, when you look at it, um, I felt like, you know, both those guys made good points to me about Abreu. He has a better, you know, war, F war than Dawson and Winfield. And maybe the, the reason that he wasn't on, you know, previous ballots as much was because people, you can only vote for 10 and, you know, those ballots were stacked with, you know, Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and Roger Clemens and stuff like that. And people didn't have, they maybe considered him a Hall of Famer, uh, but, you know, they didn't vote for him because of that, because they could only go to 10. And as I mentioned to you off the air, like I was looking at like what Alex Spear wrote about his uh, ballot last year, just what he tweeted out was like, you know, I voted for 10 people. I would have voted for more. So I thought like, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe that's somebody that, you know, I don't know what Alex's ballot's going to be this year, but maybe that's somebody that he was thinking about, um, you know, that that he would have voted for more if he could vote for more than 10. So ultimately, I looked at his numbers and, you know, they were right there with some Hall of Famers and, and um, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, like, is he the Hall of very good? Is he a Hall of Famer? Well, you know, his numbers indicate that he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and... Um, that's what your vote reflects. Obviously, uh, who <laughs> would you say that that was the toughest call for you of all these guys? Yeah, because I didn't ask anybody else about more than just him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Todd Helton was a guy that I was like, I, you know, going into it, I was like, okay, I really have to have to look into what is with Todd Helton. Like, why does he? You know, his numbers are awesome obviously why are people leaving him off the ballot i mean he's got a 953 ops for his career you know close to 600 doubles uh 369 home runs so it's like you know todd helton was you know an awesome player 2500 hits uh 316 batting average 414 on base percentage so it's like okay well are people leaving him what was his percentage last year he was at 52% last year and he's tracking at 78.3. So right around the 75% mark on the tracker this year. Yeah. So I was thinking with him, like, you know, um, people looking at the course field effect, you know, and, and like, are his numbers for his career numbers bloated because of the course field effect? And, 
you know, I think I learned a lot when the Red Sox signed, um, or I did a lot of reading, I guess, per se, when the Red Sox signed uh, story this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like how his numbers, how how, how uh, a typical player goes from another, from Colorado, hitting in Colorado to, you know, another place. I mean, you look at it, um, you know, DJ LeMay was, was his, you know, was a batting title guy with the, the Yankees after he left Colorado. I mean, Nolan Arenado has looked fine with uh, the, you know, Cardinals. What was he, one right. or two in the, uh, was, did he win the MVP this year or was he second? I don't no, know. Don't one or two. What? Okay. Don't so he was one. like, all right. So anyway, um, what I learned in my reading with uh, the Colorado guys is that, okay, your numbers aren't, if you have a career that's not played in Colorado, your numbers aren't going to be as good as, what your home stats reflect, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be nearly as bad as what your uh, road splits effect, uh, stats uh, say. Right. They're going to be sort of in the middle. And when you look at Todd Helton, you know, the, the splits, like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go over it real quick here. Home splits. I mean, he had a over a thousand OPS at Coors Field. Well, he had an 855 OPS on the road. It's not like he was, wasn't hitting on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a 386 on base, 386 on base percentage. Um, a lot of his slugging was done at home. Um, and but I mean, you look at it. Uh, you know, he was a he was a hall. I feel like he was a he would have been a Hall of Fame player even if he wasn't a course. Uh, you, you look at that middle ground thing, and um, you know, I mean, like you know, as I said your numbers are going to be better than what your away numbers indicate because you're going to be playing at home games where you're comfortable, you know, every day. And then also not being in course field makes hitting on the road easier too. like not playing all your games at, at course field. It's, there's a lot that goes into it, but um, you know, I mean, this is a guy that was a 287 hitter with a 386 on base percentage and an 855 on base percentage on the road. Uh, so I mean, you look at him and it's like, yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. So those two was there. And you you went into your reasonings for um, <clears throat> A-Rod, for Sheffield, and for Manny just obviously being, you know, you would think uh, steroids not mattering. A guy that I think, you know, is the most interesting first ballot guy this year and people are going to leave off because of his role in the Astros cheating scandal. We don't know how many people that'll be. We don't know. It's going to be a sizable amount. Uh, it doesn't look like based on the, the tracker where he's only getting 50% of the vote that'll get in, but, but Carlos Beltran um, is kind of the best of the, the first ballot guys this year. Was that an easy call for you? Did the Astros thing come into play at all? Or how did you go about that with, with Carlos? Yeah, the Astros thing didn't come into play at all. I mean, I'm not going to be hypocritical here. If like I'm voting for steroid guys um, that, you know, use steroids for many years, uh, like, you know, then what am I going to, um, you know, uh, fault Carlos Beltran and say, like, I, maybe he did that, maybe he invented that cheating thing before. But like that, that was his worst year of baseball. I mean, he had a 666 OBS and you know, it helped the team and it didn't help him. Uh, at that point, he was basically like a veteran leader type coach, you know, on yeah. that team. And so like, you know, I mean, that happened in the game and, um, you know, I just, I don't think that that should um, deter what he did, you know, the rest of his career. I mean, you know, you look at this guy, 
he was a five tool player when, you know, at his height, I mean, obviously um, he had some injuries, but you know, when he, when he won the rookie of the year, he was, uh, you know, in, you know, 22 home runs and 27 stolen bases. He ended up stealing 41 bases in 2003, 42 bases in 2004. Um, you know, he was a gold glove winner multiple times. Um, and I'm trying to look at it now. Yeah. Like three or four, four or five gold gloves. And, you know, he was always in the, um, you know, MVP discussion in those times too. So it's like, uh, you know, you look at him, 435 home runs, 565 doubles, um, you know, a 350, a 350 on base percentage and an 837 on base, OPS, like, mm-hmm. you know, and he has close to 3000 hits. I mean, you know, 2,700. So he's 300 yeah. short, 200, what, you know what I mean? But like, math. so, yes. So, um, you know, I mean, like I was on the fence with him, like when, 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 um, I knew that this was going to be my first year because I've been keeping track of that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. when my first year is going to be in, you know, immediately looked at who the newcomers were. And my first thought was about Carlos Beltram was, I don't know if I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to have to do the research because I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, but, you know, the more I looked at his numbers and I just, just don't think you can hold, uh, you know, the Astros thing against him. Um. The other four guys you voted for, these are guys that trending pretty high on the tracker. Um, and last year got a lot of votes as well. Scott Rowland at 80% of the tracker got 63-2 last year. Uh, Andrew Jones is at 67, 66-7 on the tracker, got 41-4 last year. Billy Wagner, 70% on the tracker, 51% uh, last year. And Jeff Kent, 45% of the tracker, 32.7 last year. So he's he's a little um behind there um you know they can go into every guy and go into a couple of them but what about those four guys past the sniff test for you yeah so andrew jones was another one that was laid on my ballot um you know i you know like oh but i looked at it this way like ozzy smith was one of the best defensive shortstops of all time right maybe the best defensive shortstop of all time and he got you know, that put him over the top. And that obviously increases war too, when you're such a great defender, Um, you know, but he had a 666 uh, OPS for his career. So it's not like, you know, Ozzie Smith was this tremendous hitter either, you know, like he was a 337 on base percentage, 328 slugging percentage. He didn't have, you know, like he didn't slug, Um, you know, he was a good hitter. He wasn't a great hitter. Uh, the um, ultimately the you know gold gloves and um, you know his ability to being the wizard at shortstop you know was what had got him into the hall of fame and uh, I think he had 13 gold gloves um, and like you know you look at a guy like Andrew Jones and he had nine gold gloves uh, I'm gonna count it real quick one two three four five six seven eight nine ten I think ten so ten mm-hmm. um, you know that's like, you know, when you think about Hall of Famer, you think about somebody that's like, you know, dominated and there are over a 10, 10 year span. And, you know, you think about it and Andrew Jones was the most dominant defensive center fielder over a 10 year span. Um, you know, so that's the way I look at it with him. Uh, obviously good numbers too. I mean, you know, like batting wise, I mean, he was a a terrific player, um, you know, had 434 home runs, 383 doubles, you know, he had an OPS over 800. So his, uh, 
significantly higher OPS than Ozzie Smith, who's you know a no doubter Hall of Famer because of right. his defensive you know wizardry. So that's why I you know decided on him. Uh, who are the others that you're saying? Roland Wagner and Kent. <clears throat> yeah, well, like Roland's another guy that like you know he. He's leading right. the tracker, by the way. So if, if there's anybody who has a chance of getting in this year, it would seem to be him. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight, eight gold gloves for Rowan. Like, you know, he's just one of those guys. Like, he's one of the best defensive, you know, third baseman of all time. Mm-hmm. So, like, with him, like, you know, he, he had an 855 OPS for his career. Um, you know, us, like, just looking on um, the war that's on baseball reference here, 70 war. I mean, mm-hmm. that's... That's right up there with, you know, uh, most Hall of Famers. And so, like, I, I don't know what the deal has been with with him that he hasn't. What's what, what's this year on his ballot for him? He's uh, This is his sixth year. And he's probably steadily gone up. What did he have last year? 63-2. Yeah, so, like, he's probably a guy that, like, as I mentioned with Abreu, that, you know, maybe people weren't putting on their ballot because they had another 10 or, or something. And you know, he's a guy that, um, will, you know, as you said, he's, he has increased this year and he's leading the tracker. And so, uh, you know, his, his defensibility plus the, you know, his hitting ability, um, you know, makes him a, a hall of famer for me. Jeff Kemper is an interesting guy, but you know, you look at it and, um, his last year on the ballot, by the way. And, um, like Dan Shaughnessy, the, the, like, that's the only guy he puts on, right? Jeff Kent every year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And why why does Dan Shaughnessy put Jeff Kent on every year? Because he wasn't t- tied to steroids, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, I just, this is a guessing game if, if you're going into that direction. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the first time he had an OPS over, um, over 800 was in, uh, let me see here, was in 1998 when he played for the Giants, you know? Uh, for the first, so he played from 1992 to 1996, and wasn't like Jeff Kent that you would think was, you know, like yeah. There's a big yeah. jump when he gets to San Francisco. Like he had a 770, a 770 OPS from night from 1992 to 1996 when he goes to San Francisco, and you know, I'm not going to guess on who took steroids or not. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, so like. You know, I'm not going to be the, as I said, the the jury and the judge. And if you vote for this guy because he wasn't linked to them, then, but maybe he did them. I don't know. I'm not saying he did them. I have no idea. Uh, right. Why can you not vote for Manny Ramirez or Alex Rodriguez? And so, um, you know, with him, I mean, you know, you look at his numbers and they're just off the charts for, you know, a second baseman, uh, you know, 560 doubles, 377 home runs. I mean, he had a 500 slugging percentage. Um, you know, I looked at Craig Biggio in comparison to him and, um, <clears throat> you know, Craig, Craig Biggio obviously had the 3000 hits, which is, you know, that milestone that you reach the hall of fame with, but, you know, he had a 433, uh, slugging percentage as, as opposed to a 500 slugging percentage by Jeff Kent. So Jeff Kent was, you know, he'll go down as one of the best hitting second baseman of that, that era. Mm-hmm. And the last one with Billy Wagner. Red Sox legend, that, Red Sox legend Billy Wagner. Uh, the first year I had a, um, I had a, uh, uh, Cy Young vote. Um, I voted for uh, number five for a, uh, 
um Zach Britton, I think it was, yeah, because he had that awesome year with with Baltimore mm-hmm. Sable right. and he was dominant. And somebody else said to me, Well, if you voted for Jack, Zach Britton, why didn't you vote for this guy who had just as good a numbers as a reliever, just didn't have as many saves and stuff, or had even better numbers and just didn't have and I forget who that reliever was. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I, I looked at that position in in um that kind of context and the reason that Billy Wagner's, you know, hasn't gotten it over the threshold. I mean, now you look at his stats compared to the, I think it's what, seven or eight relievers that are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And his, you know, his whip, his advanced stats, his, his ERA, everything is there or better than those guys. Uh, you know, maybe the only thing that that is low is is the save total. Mm-hmm. Um, but the save total, I think, is 422. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, you know, he had a 273 FIP um which i don't go by fit that much <laughs> yeah. he had his 0.998 uh whip uh and his era was 2.31 so let's go to just mariano rivers i mean you know 2.21 it's, they're right there next to each other you know mm-hmm. and so um you know i look at billy wagner's his career as a whole he was one of the best relief pitchers of all time and i know that there's some people that i've talked to that won't vote for relief pitchers because they you know they, they don't have the innings count Mm-hmm. Um, per year, they pitch one inning, yada, yada, yada. It's not like it's a full-time player. It's probably the same reason people have left DHs off. Yeah. But it is an actual position in baseball. Uh, and any actual position should be considered for the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, you have managers and executives that get into the Hall of Fame. Um, and so, um, you know, I look at him and I'm like, you know, uh, one of the best relievers of our time, of, of that era. And, um, you know, you can't hold it, hold it back from hold it back because he didn't play as tough of a position as Ken Griffey Jr. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody that you didn't have on that uh, you were on the fence about the names that we're just looking at? You know, you voted for um, according to the guys who are in order of the votes that have come into the tracker so far. Roland, Helton, Wagner, Jones, Sheffield, Beltran, <laughs> Rodriguez, Manny, uh, Kent. So that's the top, I guess, nine. Um and then there is a guy, Andy Pettit, who has 23% of the vote on the tracker. That's 5% more than Bobby Ray, who you picked, and a couple other guys over 10%, and Jimmy Rollins and Mark Burley. Pettit, Burley, and Rollins, did any of those guys um, come into play at all for you? Um, just just um, Pettit, and I think it's just, you know, like, and I, I basically looked at him, and I was like, well, um let's crunch the numbers as opposed to some guys that are borderline like you know kurt schilling and if i had had a vote last year i would have voted for kurt schilling mm-hmm. um you know and his numbers are less than kurt schilling's i mean if you look at it i mean he had a kurt schilling out of 3.46 era for his career uh andy Pennant's era was 3.85 um you know i mean both really good pitchers um you know tremendous pitchers uh I, one thing that surprised me when i was looking at andy pennis number and this isn't the reason i would have left him off or anything but like you know if he had the hall of fame numbers he wasn't a huge strikeout guy at all he only had mm-hmm. 6.6 strikeouts per nine innings for his career uh which kind of like you know i remember watching andy pennant a lot when i was growing up but that was when i was you know in my you know 10 10 11 12 13 14 years old and stuff like that and you yeah. know you didn't really think about the high strike i don't know i just knew he was getting guys out you know but right uh, so picking, that's interesting picking them off yes so like um you know you look at him and 
you know, he did top top five in Cy Young voting several years. Um, you know, and and he was a good he was a good pitcher. Another guy that is tied to steroids, correct? Uh, yeah, he admitted that he used HGH. Yes. So I think that counts as tied. And so uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be very, um, you know, not get sued type of thing. Oh, well, he admitted that he used HGH. <laughs> yes. so I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, and also, well, like, Gary man. Sheffield was another guy that admitted to using certain things. And yeah. like, and so Manny like, and A Rod were suspended for it. Yes, so I think there's yes. kind of there's good evidence yes. there. But yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, you know, with with the guy like that, like, um, you know, I just looked at him in comparison and a lot of people thought, like, you know, Kurt Schilling was a borderline guy. And I don't look at him as as good as Kurt Schilling. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if I have 10, um, you know, he's going to be my 11th and held off. Yeah. What did you I mean, we'll, we'll end with this because I think people always look at this as something that you really look forward to uh, throughout your career. It's obviously a badge of honor to be in the BBWA for 10 years. Um, You know, I think it also is a sign that you're starting to get old. Uh, Would you, um, what was the process like compared to what you thought it would be? Like, I'm sure you always thought it was going to be this big honor, this big undertaking, all that type of stuff. But what, how did it actually manifest? Yeah, I don't think it was as hard as like, you know, voting for the MVP or the Cy Young um, because, you know, like you're really crunching down numbers, um, you know, with the Cy Young and the the MVP. I mean, you have a general idea with uh, who's a Hall of Famer and who isn't, who's very good and who should be, you know, who's on the fence in your opinion before you even look at the numbers. Um, but numbers are pretty easy to look at with the Hall of Famers. I mean, you can you know, you go into it and you say, what's the average Hall of Famers war? And what's the average Hall of Famer? And compare them to some guys at different positions that were, you know, like, you know, as I said, you know, you you look at like, and, you know, somebody mentioned to me when I was talking to them about um, Bobby Abreu, they were like, we, you know, I think about them similar to Tim Raines. So you have a, you have some context of what other people did to get into the Hall of Fame and Hall of Famers and you can use that criteria to help you judge, you know, the people that are on the ballot with, with, um, you know, when I voted for the Cy Young this year is so difficult because you're looking at like, well, this guy has an incredible, you know, uh, ERA and he hasn't allowed, you know, incredible uh, strikeout rate, but he didn't pitch as many innings as this guy. Like that, that's the case with Verlander. Like he had ex- historic numbers, but you know, at the end of the day, he didn't, think he pitched like 170 something innings whereas there was guys that i was considering for that that pitched 200 innings so like what's the weight of that and and you're trying to like compare different stats and how valuable they are you know as opposed to just looking at the player and saying you know their full body of stats and comparing them to other players of the era and you know hall of fame players so i think it was a little easier voting for that uh than it would be the um the the regular voting the you know the Cy Young the rookie of the year the um the MVP well I'm looking forward to hopefully finding out in, in five six years whatever it is I think it's 2027 but uh, when when that happens you'll have to flip the script and, and ask yeah me maybe the I'll have huh? a podcast at that point and I can yeah. ask you the questions right so that'll be great that'll be, yeah well Let's get back that. all right right get back to diaper duty that's Chris Smith Hall of Fame voter Chris Smith and uh, we appreciate it as always. Mm-hmm.